welcome everyone and thank you for joining us for this uh, upcoming panel outsourcing in Colombia from goods to services. My name is Lina Delgado, Executive Director of the Colombian American Association. The Colombian American Association was founded in 1927. We are the first binational chamber of commerce for Colombia established in the United States. We're a private nonprofit business organization that seeks to be disseminate up to today information on economic, financial, and political matters and promote commercial and cultural ties among the people of the two nations. We are honored to have such an incredible panelist for this program, Vice Minister of Commerce, Laura, Laura Valdivieso, Andres Bernal, CEO of Colombia, Guyana, and Peru, at the Teleperformance, and Maria Jose Satizabal, CEO of Imaginamos. Thank you for accepting our invitation uh, to be here with us today. Please remember that you can send questions at any time and the moderator will, will read them during the Q&A session, which will be 30 minutes uh, before we end this program. I would like to thank our sponsors who are making this conference possible, Wilkie Farr and Gallagher, Content Room, and our partners, Philip Morris International, ProColombia, WeWork, Look for Capital, Cámara Colombiana de Comercio Electrónico, LAFCA, and Nearshore Americas. Uh, last but not least, I would like to introduce our moderator for today, Maria Paula Carvajal. Maria Paula is an economist with over a decade of experience assessing countries' economic risk and market implication of public policies and global development in Latin America. Her, ex, uh, her experience spans work in finance institutions, rating agency, academia, research, and emerging market uh, lecturing. She's a current uh, vice president at Goldman Sachs, where she heads the team covering Latin America sovereign and economic risk. Previously, Maria Paula worked at the sovereign risk group Moody's Investor Services, conducting analysis and rating of sovereign credits in Latin America. Maria Paula has a master in public administration degree from Columbia University, focused on international finance and economic policy. She has a master and bachelor of arts in economics from University of Los Andes in Bogota, Colombia. It's an honor to have Maria Paula uh, moderating this panel and thank you so much. And the floor is yours. Thank you, Lina, for the invitation and for the Colombian American Association. The honor is all mine. As you mentioned, I work in country risk, so everything about how we are going to get out of the pandemic and focus on the recovery is the main issue that the world and Latin America and Colombia is focused. And we are excited. Like, there is expectations on the world of the vaccine and getting out and turning the page at some point in 2021. So the world is like changing gears in it away from containing a health and economic crisis towards, okay, how do we recover economic growth and jobs? And that's particularly important for Colombia. So all this conference has been the gear and we have heard the president that the previous panel on how innovation and technology will play a role in that. But in particular, I'm very excited to moderate this panel because we're gonna talk about outsourcing in Colombia from goods, uh, from goods to services 
in particular what is called the business process outsourcing the bpo this industry will become more and more relevant in a post-pandemic world where working from home will be more common as we have been doing in the last month also outsourcing services digital services is not going to be a psychological issue anymore people are getting used to the pandemic accelerated that trend so this panel will be like we're already being part of the future and i'm very excited to touch upon like those key issues and how we're going to assess it how the companies are assessing this and our experts are assessing it and how it's going to play out in the future um, we are going to talk about like a, a definition there's several components for the bpos uh, industry their competitive advantage of colombia for this industry that we're going to touch upon and also what are the key elements for the recovery that the industry will be playing and the multiplier effect that uh, the investors will play you know to to make the effect long and long lasting so for that we have an exceptional panel of experts uh, that I will give a brief description of their bios. Uh, so beginning with my Minister of Commerce, Tourism, Industry and Tourism, Laura Valdivieso. She's a lawyer from Universidad Javeriana in Bogota with a postgraduate studies in international business from Los Andes University and leadership studies from senior management and American legal systems of the Institute of International Law in Washington. Deputy Minister Valdivieso serves as Vice President of Development and Regional Investment in the Chamber of Commerce of Bucaramanga. She, has a, she was a partner at the firm Research and Opportunities International Strategy Consultants, General Secretary of the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Development, Executive Director of the Colombian Association of Edible Fats and Oil Industry, and was Deputy Director of Foreign Trade of the DIAN, the Director of National Taxes and Customs. Andres Bernal is an industrial engineer from Universidad de los Andes with a specialization in finance from the same university and an executive MBA from Inalde. He, was, he has extensive experience in leading business, sales, finance operation and human resource management units. His experience in multiple countries stand out, which has allowed him to specialize in different areas and cultures. During the last 22 years, he held different regional positions in the multilateral and multinational IBM. And in January 2020, he was appointed as CEO of Teleperformance Colombia, Guyana, Nicaragua, and Peru. And last but not least, Maria Jose Satizabal. She describes herself as a company builder, business transformation, financial consultant, and startup strategist in Latin America. She holds a bachelor's degree in international marketing and advertising from ESE University and has a master in science of management from Montpellier University Business School. Maria Jose participated in the MIT program, G-Lab, designed to help entrepreneurs in emerging economies. In 2017, she started working and Imaginamos as a business strategy executive director for LATAM. And she's currently now the CEO of the company. So welcome again, it's a privilege to be moderating this panel. So without further ado, let's start the discussion. Let's start by defining what is BPO. So we, we will start like from um, different, like our panelists from the private sector. 
Uh, BPO, as we mentioned, is important because it will improve speed of and efficiency of several business purposes. There are different types of categories. For example, you can have like front office services such as technolog technological support, or you can start having like back office services such as billing. So, Maria Jose, let's start with you. From your perspective in Imaginamos, what type of BPO services do you provide? Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, well, we've been building technology for over 14 years now in Imaginamos. And uh, we don't see technology as a, as a product, but rather than, than that, uh, we see it as a way of thinking, a way of solving things for our clients. So we have innovation teams, consultancy teams, and also software developers. And we put them all together to help clients from different sizes, different industries and uh, different locations to reshape, rethink, uh, transform whatever challenge they're, they're having, but also to maybe dream of a new path for the company. So um, even though we build technology and it has no barriers, we, we can build it for anyone and everywhere. Uh, we also accompany that with uh, uh, consultancy, strategy consultancy and innovation. So we can put technology to the service of uh, business models and KPIs and whatever the, the, the business needs to achieve. Um, as a BPO company, kind of what we do is uh, we help companies take care of their usual business while we teach them, accompany them, and build technology for them so they can transform into something more digital. Thank you, super useful, Andreas. And what about you from your point of view in teleperformance? What service do you provide? Okay, well, good afternoon to everyone. Thank you, Maria Paula. Well, to address your first question, a BPO refers to the process of con contracting different business functions to be handled by a third party. It could be front, could be back, or any business function that you could uh, imagine. Teleperformance is leading BPO company worldwide, considering the widest geographic reach, the deepest language capabilities, and the broadest array of, of services. But now let's begin by focusing on our approach to the service we provide to our clients and their customers through the high-touch, high-tech approach. Both are equally important in creating a unique and special interaction, uh, which also must be simpler, faster, better, safer, and more cost-effective, which, by the way, many clients in these difficult times are expecting. With the global network of, of talent, competencies and assets, teleperformance become an omnichannel, I would call it like an omnichannel solution. And particularly in Colombia, we do have uh, a very strong capabilities in, in different offerings, in different solutions. The, the, the well-known one is uh, customer experience, but we do have as well technical support. Right now, mainly in the IT industry, but I'm really confident that we can expand our actual capabilities to other industries. Sales is another offering, uh, which is becoming very strong 
um, and we are heavily investing considering the important potential that we see in this offering. Content moderation, it is another important global trend that we see as a huge opportunity to capitalize. One of the most important and large new logos from the economy industry that we sign up this year purchase this service from us. And I can tell you that uh, um, by now, it is becoming one of our top clients in our operation. And uh, considering this such a short period of time, Colombia is becoming a recognized hub worldwide for content moderation. We have some other solutions like collections, digital agency, a back office that you already mentioned, and some other specialized services such as visa processing and real-time interpreters needed in the health or legal procedure. So right now, uh, the special Colombia talent has positioned TP Colombia as one of the most vibrant, agile operations around the world. I'm very proud of what we have achieved. The capabilities we have created in addition to the special feature of our people created a footprint in over 45 geographies we serve from all over the country. So that's mainly. Yeah, so, so, so that is, let me to Vice Minister Valdivieso. Andres mentioned it, like how Colombia is becoming like a hub for content moderation. In the previous panel also, there was mentioned like the several benefits of Colombia, like through the FinTech approach. What about like overall, like the outsourcing BPO service? What is the ministry doing? Uh, what are like the strategic advantages of Colombia? Why investors should like, uh, that are looking into this industry, invest in Colombia? And also, um, why focusing on exporting services as opposed to goods as it was the tradition? Oh, good afternoon and, and thank you for having us. Um, I would like to make a reference to some key aspects of the Colombia business process, a outsourcing of BPO sector, and what are the main initiatives from the government to promote this sector. Uh, afterwards, let me explain why is it important to Colombia to focus on exporting knowledge-based services rather than goods. Um, companies are increasingly looking for remote solutions to meet the flow of requests from end consumers and companies' interest, which Colombia understands and fulfills. Uh, Colombia is um, one of the most attractive destinations in the world for the localization of BPO services due to the availability and qualification of human talent, uh, the competitive cost we have, and favorable business uh, climate, which allows the country to consolidate as an export platform of increasingly sophisticated services that incorporate new and better technologies. According to the 
to DANE, our national statistics department, uh, the nominal revenues of the BPO sector uh, grew by 1% in the first semester of 2020, even uh, in the middle of the pandemic, compared to the same period of two, uh, 2019. Uh, and even though indicators of employment and exports have been affected uh, by the pandemic, this sector stand, stands out in the services macro sector. Uh, to stimulate and to foster the BPO industry, the government has included several strategies within its internationalization agenda, which includes, um, first of all, a joint effort with the Inter-American Development Bank uh, to strengthen our productivity and export capacity, as well as the regulatory frameworks and boost inter-institutional capacity to sell, as I said before, knowledge-based services in international markets, among other activities. Uh, the development of the growth pacts or act, pactos por el crecimiento, which are uh, sectorial plans led by our vice president, which include the BPO sector to identify productivity and internationalization barriers, along with uh, the private and the public sector entities who must who are committed in the short and the medium term to solve them. In addition, in the Vice Ministry of Trade, along with ProColombia Promotion Agency, we created a new program which is called Internationalization Fabrics, which objective is to promote non-mining exports in a sustainable manner by providing technical assistance to particularly to SMEs uh, to create the internationalization business models, create their trading areas, optimize their trade operations within, within their companies, uh, create alliances uh, among others. And this year, our goal is to intervene and to work with 400 companies. And of course, including uh, the BPO services uh, sector enterprises. In addition, ProColombia has also strengthened its capacity to support companies from the BPO sector to effectively participate in specialized commercial and promotional and promotional events, which are key to bring together our exporters and with the international buyers. Finally, to encourage the internationalization of the services sector. Uh, the government uh, decided to adapt two traditional instruments we had uh, to the needs and the particularities of the sector. First of all, the Import-Export Services Special Program, which is called a Plan Vallejo mm -hmm. uh, of service for services, and the free trade zones, uh, which we called Zonas Francas 4.0. On one hand, with the issuance of the Decree 285 of 2020, the conditions for accessing the plan Vallejo program became more flexible and some requirements were eliminated. In addition, the scope of both goods to be imported and services to be exported were expanded. These updated requirements included a total of 
95 exporting services that from now on can benefit from, from the program to access a competitive a, 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 a product and a, with the hope and the expectation to continue to promote the export of services. A, we have drafted a new decree to, to improve a, the free trade zones regime a, to promote a, services hubs. Uh, and these regimes include, uh, or the, the modernization of the regime includes a uh, fewer procedures, new investment incentives uh, for employment, uh, digitalization, and removes uh, some of the barriers we have now uh, for electronic commerce. Uh, with that said, uh, we believe services are the future of, of globalization in the next in the last decade, all goods value chains have fallen, whereas trade and services has, has grown at a speed of 60% faster than the trading goods. Services have fewer restrictions, that's a reality, and they do not depend on, on transportation or logistics, geography, or tariffs. However, they, they do require some important elements like human talent, a digital connectivity, um, business and regulatory adequate environment. A, services are now in a, an essential part of Colombian exports and they have had a noticeable performance in, the, in recent years. In 2018, they grew up, they increased like 14 percent and in 2018 they did a, in 3.4 percent and in the last year they they summed they, they all almost reached 10 million dollars which is the highest value in history and they represented 40 percent of our non-mining exports and mm -hmm. so as you can see we're really committed uh, to this sector and we will continue to foster and scale all the initiatives that aim at, at prioritizing the internationalization of services at the top of our trade policy. Thank you, Vice Minister. Definitely very relevant and for sure that trend will continue in the following years. Speaking of which, the pandemic had accelerated, as we mentioned, this trend, right? So, Andres, going back to you, um, how was that digital transform transformation and technology adoption accelerated with the pandemic? And how are companies like Teleperformance like helping that adjustment of this new reality, this new normal that is still shaping up? And how do you also mitigate risk that come along with that, such as like cybersecurity or others? Sure. Look, this has been, uh, and I think that will be a huge opportunity for the industry as a whole, considering that uh, digitalization is a reality. We have advanced, uh, I would say, minimum three to five years in real adoption of this trend. You will just need to see the digital banking movement, the e-commerce the e growth, and, and you will agree with me that we 
just uh, have a, a real improvement on time. We have experienced a very unique moment in time with the pandemic. And uh, I deeply believe that the right mix between the high touch and the high tech will be the basis to reach the next level in the company and, and for the industry in, in general terms. I could not agree more with the pundits in the matter, but clearly understand the positive impact that COVID-19 generated by shortening the evolution uh, in terms of time. Uh, we really uh, saw a, a quantum leap on, 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 on time, and this is just amazing. In order to adapt to this very explosive growth and capture that opportunity uh, that we face and that we will continue facing, we need to understand uh, that a new model should be adopted. Uh, just to give you an example, um, back on March, the work at home model was required and a huge turnaround in many, many different aspects was needed. Uh, we have created just for this year, new jobs, 13, 13,000 new jobs opportunity we created in Colombia during 2020. Uh, jobs that are relocated in more than 200 cities all over the country and, music, and not just cities as well, municipalities, where as you can imagine, the logistics, the IT management, the security, uh, the training of all those people, the onboarding, well, all the different processes that now need to be completed in a virtual environment need to be adjusted and uh, redesigned internally in the company. Now, the, the challenges are very different and we understand that the business will never look like pre-COVID-19 times, we have deeply incorporated in our DNA the batch of, of change without hesitation by relying on our people and our talent and uh, of course the technological tools that match the client needs that are claiming very loud. Today, more than ever before, none of those Two can exist without the, I mean, the, the human touch and the technology touch uh, needs to go together. Our clear proof of that is uh, when we migrate 20,000 people to work from our sites around the country, to work from the safety of their homes in just less than three weeks back in March. However, it was not just to pick up computers and, and move. Behind that phase, uh, we needed to deploy all the tools and technological capabilities to lever what our workforce was doing from home. It was literally a battle we fought in many, many fronts. Right now, right now, I mean, in our days now, uh, more than 35, 35,000 people are working from home with many challenges that uh, I already described. Some of those challenges are already solved. Some others are work on progress, but I have no doubt we will get there. This 
and months have been like creating a, a new company. Literally, we are creating a new company. Uh, you were asking for, for example, the biosecurity chapter uh, to secure our employees and the families. It's a one complete chapter. The second one is the cybersecurity chapter to secure our clients' operations and their customers. Uh, I will say a, a third chapter could be the agility and delivery excellence to maintain and in most cases improve KPIs to pre-COVID stages. Because in all those discussions with your clients, even though you are working from home, you need to deliver what they expect. And I will say that uh, the fourth chapter is related with the new management model that we have me that we have implemented to operate. We call it a cloud operation model. We announced it a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we are already running the business from, from that family. As I said, uh, I see this, this moment as a unique time, uh, a unique time to capitalize all our experience, all our assets, and keep adapting to the new world needs. That's, that's mainly it. Thank you, Andres. Um, just a reminder of the housekeeping item, please send the questions throughout like the chat and the Q&A. Um, so going back to you, Maria Jose, the Vice Minister mentioned all the initiatives that the government is doing for promoting like the BPO services. Andres mentioned all the logistics and the job creations. There's 13,000 jobs, which is amazing. Also, the role both mentioned like the role of human capital in the development of the industry. So can you please provide like an example of BPO services? How would that play a role in the job creation in the post-pandemic world, for example, with platform or, or talents with, for the much needed recovery in 2021? Uh, sure, Maria Paula. Well, um, I, I do think that BPOs and, and, and services play a key role in, in Colombia's uh, recovery, economic recovery. Um, BPOs, specifically the orange economy or digital sector in our country, represents 2% uh, of our GDP, which is similar to uh, civil engineering sector gas, electricity, and some others. So, so it's uh, really important. Um, as we were talking, COVID-19 has changed many, many things for us. Uh, most importantly, the way we think, uh, the way we the buy, the way we get in touch with brands, uh, but also the way we uh, work or produce uh, incomes for our families. Uh, in the U.S., for example, uh, talking that this event is hosted in, in New York, um, well, the non-farm payroll employment failed this year by 20-something million. And also the unemployment rate rose by 15%. So these numbers are not only in the U.S., it's happening all over, and it has been forcing people to think of new means of making a living, of making money. Uh, in terms of talent, as you were asking, the gig economy is nothing new. Uh, it's not a new phenomenon. Freelancers and consultants have been around for a while. 
but due to the effects of the pandemic, what was perceived as a side hustle, now is becoming a necessity. On the other hand, well, technology and the development of companies like, like ours, like Imaginamos and Teleperformance and of the efforts of governments making the economies more digital, the barriers to entry uh, have been lowered so much that gigs have become easily accessible to an unprecedented number of people. Now, this gig economy or this gig sector of uh, talent exploitation or, or, or talent services um, <laughs> turned out to be a trillion dollar industry with millions of participants. So, um, as I was saying in the introduction, um, in Imaginamos, what we do is we build technology at the services of a business model. Uh, what we do is we find within the company or for our clients an opportunity, a blue ocean to call it that way, if they still exist. Um, and we build the business model and then we build the technology for it to become a startup. It can become a startup like we did with Rappi. Uh, we found an opportunity, we constructed uh, the business model and then build the technology we incubated the startup till it started walking and now it left the house. And we do that for our clients and for ourselves. And we've done it again. We've uh, built a startup based on talent exploitation, to call it that way. And what we do is we encourage, encourage young people in Colombia with uh, great creativity and analytical skills to choose um, careers or, or uh, working paths that are uh, in higher demand with higher uh, uh, job expectations, salary expectations. And we pull them to, uh, for example, uh, technology or software design and software engineering. And this platform uh, connects uh, independent talent with companies of all sizes, all industries, and all over. And what we really want to do is to help people to reach vacancies or job opportunities wherever, uh, sitting from their houses. Of course, as I was saying, COVID has been very hard in many ways, but it has also changed the mindset and has made this very possible for young Colombians to uh, show what they're capable of in projects where they just don't need to uh, get a plane. In 2019, Colombia, for example, exported this sort of talents and digital services for a total of $238 million, <laughs> exceeding national expectations in 114%. So this is a really, really interesting sector to invest and to support while seeking for economical growth. Um, why services rather than products to reshape or reactivate the economy and to invest? Well, as uh, our vice minister was saying, um, consumers are turning a little bit, a little bit more uh, to the renting or demanding of services rather than buying the products. We've seen this with Uber, Airbnb, where people no longer uh, dream of having the asset while they can rented or acquire it for hours, even for hours. Uh, so this tendency and this mindset uh, is very useful when thinking of investing or pushing services instead of products. Uh, it's less expensive to start. Uh, 
if you're a service-based company or startup, you can pivot faster when external conditions change. Uh, there is higher, higher value shared within all the actors and companies involved in the system. And technology is helping uh, eliminate those bar barriers and, and making key variables like time, money, and quality um, bigger in terms of creating value. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, I do think this is a really interesting uh, sector to recover any economy and ours in particular, uh, as we've seen with this latest numbers and the ones that our vice minister was saying, uh, it's something we've been focusing on and we've been preparing our talent to be every time more prepared and more ready and keen to succeed and create value for people contracting us, hiring us. It is very exciting like to see the focus on uh, the private sector, the government and how it's like very fast and like adequating for the future uh, of the, not only the recovery, it's just like the trend in the world. We have just been um, notified that the vice minister has to leave. To, like, of course, you are very busy, but the overview that you gave us is really, really helpful for the investors in this, in the audience, and and for like just like the, the people interested in this important topic. So thanks so much for your time. We will follow up like on any other questions like target to the government, but very, very insightful by minister. Thank you, Maria Paula. Unfortunately, I have to leave, but it all comes to this question that we've been uh, discussing recently in the internationalization mission we have, uh, which was highlighted actually by Ricardo Hausmann from Harvard University. And he said, does Colombia wants to resemble China in terms of offering an overwhelming amount of products uh, regardless of sophistication or does the country wants to resemble India uh, in terms to, of its potential to offer quality services? And it all comes to this question and we are totally committed um, to export more services and hopefully from the BPO sector. Thank you for and having us. And in the us. future, people will refer to Colombia. They want to yeah. come like Colombia. <laughs> Thanks so much, my minister. <laughs> no, for your thank time. you for having us. Bye. Bye. So let's continue, Andreas, with you. Teleperformances, in particularly focus, as you mentioned, on providing clients with the best experience that they can, they can have. And for that, you have invested a lot of resources on the data analysis, their behavior, like their preference. So can you expand a little bit more on that? Like what is the role of artificial intelligence, like big data technology in outsourcing industry and providing the needs that the clients are requesting? Sure, Maria Paula. I'm a little bit familiar with the concept considering that uh, as you mentioned, I'm coming from the IT industry and uh, we really need to get very familiar. We need to get along with all those concepts because they are very helpful for us. So artificial intelligence and, and big data technologies are key 
uh, in the value proposition we are offering to our clients, but uh, we are not just limited to only those two factors. What we believe is that uh, by developing capabilities, we can strengthen we can strengthen our solutions and therefore the client's experience and fulfillment. Uh, process automations, RPAs, uh, robotics elements, uh, convert manual and repetitive elements into digital and automatic ones. It is a relatively a simple solution. We have operations, just one operation, with uh, more than 500 RPAs. The key here for me is that we should be solving a real business pain, but that, that is uh, one specific solution. The second category I will say is AI, artificial intelligence and advanced analytics. Um, in that category, we are trying to provide the learning and analytical components. Um, we must take advantage of that data to turn it into a usable, descriptive, predictive, and even in some cases, prescriptive sources. For example, the next best action model, we're talking about like gratuities, offer, new deals, etc. And with these solutions, we have been able to improve for example, sales conversion. Um, second thought is self-management, which is a very important category for me. Um, more decisive, uh, and it allows our agents to focus on a higher value task, which is at the end, the, the purpose of, of the BPO. For example, intelligent virtual assistants that serves both clients and agents with artificial intelligence and natural language capabilities. And a third category, I will say that is big data. Uh, in big data, we try to take advantage of unstructured data that is not easy to analyze, like video analytics, real-time analysis, speech, for example, social media and some others. With those three leading edge capabilities, uh, we are very positive, we are very confident that every interaction will become, as I already mentioned, simpler, simpler faster uh, and smarter by heightening the standards and satisfaction in a, in a constant cycle. So as I already said, I think that this is a topic that uh, need to be used carefully, but uh, if we use it in, in that sense, it's gonna be very powerful with our clients. That's, that's it. Indeed, indeed, and a lot of ideas uh, for our investors for the future. So talking about investors, Maria Jose, we have a lot of them in our audience and in particular interested in Colombia. So how would you describe like how their investment can have a multiplier effect in this industry and the recovery? Well, as we've been saying, Colombia is becoming a hub of outsourcing services. 
And uh, actually the World Bank in, in its uh, doing business report uh, catalogs Colombia as the fifth country in the world among 183 and the first in Latin America um, to be a good place for investment uh, to protect investors. Mm -hmm. Colombian investment atmosphere has been considered as one of the most favorable and our talent is, uh, as we were saying, has been focusing on, on uh, being more prepared to augment quality and efficiency. Um, investors with cash to put to work uh, will want to wait for two clear signs when to invest. Um, mm -hmm. One of, of these two, um, the bottom or the recovery. Unfortunately, no one knows where the bottom will be and the only way to know when the recovery will begin is after it's already happened. So it's when we look back and we said, oh, it started last month, but I can, I think we can, we can pretty surely say that COVID has brought the bottom for many of, of, of us, for many of the markets and the industries. So um, it's a really, interesting moment to be innovative to keep investing in technology and services it's not in from my point of view is not the moment to stop doing it um, and Colombia in particular will we have still a lot to grow we are investing and we are very uh, interested in making this a hub for Latin America but we still have a long way to go so in terms of investment, uh, you could start like believing us now and you still have a, 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 a way or a path to grow with us. We're not a fully matured um, economy in terms of startups or digital or s services. So in terms of bottom recovery and the point of the curve where we are, it's really interesting to, to invest. Um, talking about potential startups or businesses and services. Um, for example, we are not as mature as Estonia could be. Estonia is a 1.3 million people country with I think five or seven unicorns. And we have about 50 million people and only just one and maybe live miles that counts as a second startup uh, unicorn. So, but we have a list of about hundred startups to watch that are very, very interesting. A lot of them uh, service-based, service-focused. And we do not only need uh, capital investment, but also smart investment to bring these startups to a uh, global scale into a export of what they are doing. So in terms of potential and offer and variety, we have a lot in terms of regulation. We'll, we're preparing ourselves and, and we're becoming stronger. And in terms of where are we for an investor to believe in us and it, for it to be not not a favor something interesting and 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 profitable for them well uh we're, we're still in that point where uh the believers can can get some value and return while while they accompany us to to grow 
definitely the key point is don't miss the bus <laughs> and invest to do the opportunities that we have right now. Of course. What are you waiting for? <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, the conditions are, are there for sure and the potential. So, so we can start with the Q&A session. Um, we have two um, starting questions that I think both of you can uh, comment about. The first one is, how do you believe the Colombian small companies will demand BPO, KPO, or IPO? and introducing their companies. Maybe also define what KPO and ITO are for our audience. Maybe we could start with you, Maria Jose, and then with Andres. Uh, how do you believe the Colombian small companies would demand, we'll demand. these services? Mm -hmm. um, I don't really understand very much the question, but I think uh, SMEs in Colombia and in Latin America have the same opportunity to demand this type of services. Mm, the thing is, um, they have different issues than bigger companies. So what I think could be a solution in terms of cash flow and access to paying this type of services um, is with making uh, joints or getting aligned with other companies from the same sector so they can reach the service at a lower cost. So um, they can pay the Netflix or the Spotify bill uh, between three friends, something like that. And uh, I don't think why uh, this type of services would be out of reach of our SMEs. We really have to make the services so efficient and so diverse that we can uh, provide to different types and sizes and industries of, of companies. Um, but also I think the SMEs can uh, um, get together with other companies that are in the same sector or something related to them so they can access uh, financial accounting sales tech management services uh, as a group. That, that could be an idea. Those are good ideas. Andres, anything else on yeah. that? If I understand the question as well, if all of us agree that BPO refers to the process of contracting different business functions to be handled by a third party, I absolutely agree as well that the concept applied to small, medium, and large companies. I think that the important question that uh, we should ask ourselves is, which ones are our core processes and uh, which ones are the, the processes that we are willing to, to outsource? Uh, as long as we do that process, <laughs> let's say in, in, in the correct way, we are gonna be uh, given uh, those tasks to companies that uh, are expert in order to run that part of our, my business. And the idea is that those companies run it in, in a better way than the way that I can run it internally. That's the whole purpose of, of, 
outsourcing the, the process that I run. But I believe that with the right questions, uh, identifying the right processes, uh, absolutely apply the, the, the concept for any size of companies. Thank you. The, the second question is related with ideas on how BPO can be implemented. So the question is, are there any examples of BPO for sales and of marketing? If so, can we hear quick examples of how he has worked? Or if there are not examples out there, can we ask the panel for thoughts and possibilities on this space? So any thoughts about BPOs for sales or marketing? Yeah, if you want, I can start on that one. Yes, please, Andres. Okay, um, well, as I mentioned, internally we have different offerings. One of that offering is directly related with sales and marketing. Um, we have different kind of clients, let's say, and I just want to, I don't want to go one by one, but I just want to give uh, uh, the, the main ideas on the different cases that we run. So for example, we have B2B and B2C uh, examples. We have inbound and outbound Examples, we have cross-selling and upselling. We have uh, local clients. We have uh, clients from the States, clients from Spain, from very different countries that we attend from uh, uh, Bogota, from Barranquilla, from any uh, office that we have locally. Uh, what I want to point out and highlight is uh, depending on the need that the client has, uh, definitely we have um, a specific offering that suits uh, his needs. Uh, and we have very different examples. Lately, we have seen many utilities companies from the States that are willing that we run all the outbound sales, for example, just to give you a specific one. Uh, but comes from many, many, many examples that I can be sharing. And talking about marketing, I mentioned as well, in one particular client that, that we run, we have contact with 60 different LOBs and one particular LOB uh, required that we run the digital agency and part of their marketing process. And we are running that for that particular client. It is um, a, a very special client internally because it's one of our main clients in terms of revenue, in terms of FTEs, in terms of LOB participation. Uh, but in general terms, we can go in detail in any of those examples, but definitely we do have some uh, cases to share if, if you require further detail or, or explanation. Thank you, very useful. Maria Jose, anything to add on that sales and marketing point or? Well, I don't know any company that would outsource the selling uh, service to you, but I do have two startups in mind that are really interesting in terms of providing you the data and the 
um, service where you can be way smarter in your uh, marketing and service and, and sales service. So in terms of sailing, uh, I know data, data no from knowing data no. Uh, it's really interesting because with AI and, and this uh, uh, high-end technologies that um, Andres has been mentioning th this afternoon, they help you uh, understand and predict uh, how you can sell better uh, and how you can know your users and your buyers better. And in terms of marketing, there's another really interesting, it's called whale and jaguar, the, the two animals, whale and jaguar. And it's uh, data-based uh, to make market, marketing in terms of the message, the product, the price, the channels, uh, more accurate than if you didn't have any technology behind those decisions. So these two companies, these two startups, Colombian startups, won't do the work for you. You cannot outsource your selling team. So Datagram will do it for you or your marketing area. So Whale and Jaguar will do it for you, but they definitely will provide you a really smart service so you can do it better, faster, more efficient with better quality and more accurate, reducing your inventory, be, being uh, specific to the price if, uh, your pricing techniques are not very sophisticated. So those are two startups to watch. Thank you. It's really fascinating how all this technology and data sources is just like solving problems, solving problems that they were like not really a possibility some years ago. So it's definitely fascinating to see the evolution and sticking with the same point, um, and is, this question is for you, but it, it touched upon a lot of what Maria Jose just said. You mentioned that big data and AI are like key components to strengthen the customer experience. How do you see the development of this infrastructure in Colombia? So Maria Jose alluded some of this, but can you please expand? Yes, sure. Um, I would like to start that uh, answer with the following example. We have been able to break many paradigms during the whole 2020. Uh, the first one I already explained, for example, which when uh, I just came in in the company, the first thing that I heard is all the business should be run on site. It was like a blasphemy to, to think that you could run the company uh, from home uh, for many reasons. And right now, 94% of our company is running from home. And I'm using that as an example because at the same time, um, we thought that was impossible to run uh, the business from home among others, considering the poor infrastructure that we thought that we had in Colombia. Um, we have been able to break that paradigm as well. And right now we are delivering uh, a service as good, at least as good as it was when all the pandemic started. 
Um, that is a second example. And I'm using those examples just to point out that uh, uh, what I have realized coming from the IT industry is that uh, many simple but powerful solutions associated with big data and AI can be used in order to provide to the, to the clients. And sometimes we think that we need to have a complete end-to-end -end solution that we need to just jump in the water when everything is fixed, but the pandemic just uh, pull us to the water and uh, wait to see if we could swim or not. Uh, and hopefully we have been finding the light and uh, we are willing to continue breaking those uh, paradigms. In summary, uh, I have realized that uh, we do have very powerful tools. And of course, as I already mentioned as well, it is way to go. We are trying to develop some tools through open sources solutions. We are using some others that were already in place, uh, but I'm really confident that uh, uh, with the actual situation, uh, at the end, we are prepared to affront all those uh, needs that, that the market is requesting. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's good to see that we adapt and we learn to swim and we survive yeah. uh, always. So. <laughs> um, Maria Jose, the next question is for you. How has the process been for Imaginamos in selling its service to the international market? Um, it's had its ups and downs, of course. It's been 14 years of uh, trying to do it. And I think for any company, it requires effort, determination, dedication, but um, as the vice minister was saying, we don't want to be the China of products, but we also don't want to be the India of technology. We have a lot of advantages um, that differentiate us from, for example, India. Uh, we are, as Colombians, we are very, very creative. Uh, our tech design is uh, very well known. Uh, so, when Imaginamos talks about uh, software development and how we can design a software experience, software interface, it's believable. They, they, they see our results and see our projects and, and, and then they can compare what Colombians can do in terms of design and, and creativity and art and how the technology that we build is more friendly, usable, attractive than something built in, in other types of, of countries. So that's made our path easier. And of course, having a son that is so famous like Rappi, <laughs> it made our, our lives uh, a little bit easier since 2014 or 2015, but it's, it's still a job that we have to do. And, and I would encourage any any company to keep pursuing this effort to export the talents or the services they have and, and, and don't rest until you 
until you get it done. Uh, it's not easy, not even for us, not even with such a successful case like Rapi. So um, don't be discouraged by, by any barriers. We do have something that is different in our blood, in our DNA, in our culture, in our happiness and everything that makes uh, foreigners want to work with us. So just try to exploit that. Try to, to, to sell your company and your products, making it, uh, being like emphatic on what we're different and how we can bring value to whatever company is hiring us. Thank you. That's very inspiring as Colombians. And I do agree, perseverance. And we are very resilient as a country and people. So definitely, very. and I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to have more famous sons. <laughs> I hope so. For, for the sake of our country and for bringing the economy uh, higher. Well, I, I really do hope so. Thank you. Yes. Andres, mm, the next question from our audience is, what is the biggest differentiator for teleperformance versus other by, uh, BPOs? And when will a client be interested in migrating work from another Latin American country? Uh, I would like uh, to, to give you as well a little bit more background on our operation in, in Colombia. Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, Teleperformance is the leader at global level. Uh, the second largest is almost 35% lower than Teleperformance at global level, just to give you a size of, of the company. So we are the leaders in the BPO industry. And I'm saying that because Colombia has become, has become during 2020 to be uh, the second largest operation of teleperformance at global level, which is a very important uh, achievement what we have done during this year. We started in the fifth place at the beginning of this year and we are ending up in the second one. Uh, we have been receiving many recognition locally in terms of uh, growth, um, we grew during 2020 around 70%. And uh, we will be among the top 100 companies in Colombia in terms of income by the end of 2020. So I'm just trying to, to give you, as I said, an idea of the importance of the company internally in the group and uh, internally in the in the country um, but now to answer directly the, the question uh, i will say that right now we do have experience in many different industries you just need to name it if you want that we can have many different uh, Reference in the telco industry, in the health industry, in the banking industry, in the e-commerce, in insurance, in well, in any of the industries that you can possibly think of, we have many examples to share. Uh, since my point of view, half of that growth comes from very satisfied clients that help us to be referenced to some other clients uh, and that uh, give us a boost in terms of the growth that we're 
the liver. Um, the second bullet that I will highlight is a important balance between the high touch and the high tech. We are investing heavily in terms of innovation in transformation. Uh, we create a, a specific focus and now uh, I do have a vice president running that particular task and we are giving a lot of attention and a lot of investments to innovate. The third reason that I will give you is uh, almost half of our income comes from the, from the new economy business. And as you know, if we are talking about new economy, we do need to be very agile. We need to reinvent ourselves constantly. And a proof of that is uh, the results in 2020 with something that we weren't expecting and we adapt according with the circumstances. Um, I can continue talking about uh, many other uh, important things. Um, great place to work. We rank among the best in the countries. So it is not just the results that we are getting in terms of income. It is as well the results that we are getting according with uh, the voice of our employees. Uh, if we talk about as well internal satisfaction, it is something incredible what the people is, is saying and is living internally in our company. Uh, I will say that we are living a, a very sweet moment in, among these very tough times uh, in a global basis. Uh, for all those reasons, I do not have a doubt that PP Colombia is the best place to, to have and to evaluate as a possible prospect in, in, in to, to, to consider as a partner in, uh, in Latin America and even at a global level. Thank you, Andreas. Very convincing. Uh, sticking with you, um, as CEO of Guyana, Colombia, and Peru, what will you say was the biggest difference between markets and services? And I will expand this question also beyond those countries. What have you seen uh, in terms also on regulatory uh, human capital? Anything that you think differentiates us? Hey, look, um, by far, Colombia is the biggest operation. We are, as I already shared with you, the second largest among the group. Um, Peru and Guyana are very similar size. Uh, and Nicaragua, we just opened. So as well, I'm just giving that as a reference because it's a very unfair comparison. Um, and uh, growing 70% in Colombia is not the same as growing 200%, 400% in, in a, a brand new office in Nicaragua. So we also opened Nicaragua uh, one month ago. And uh, yesterday I had my first meeting with them and we are already 130 people in the office. So mm -hmm. uh, it is amazing as well. Um, 
Perú, it is, and it had his own uh, units. <laughs> For example, one day we were running the, the, the business and the other day everything was closed, was shutting down. And uh, from one day to the other, we had to move to work from home. So we didn't have even one weekend, <laughs> one week. Uh, we didn't have a, a simulacro. <laughs> we just directly to the pool. Uh, so <laughs> in Peru, we had to reinvent our company. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the biggest business in Peru it was the local market and the Pan-American market. And uh, at the end of the pandemic, 80% of our, our business in Peru is uh, attending the US market. So we completely changed the revenue composition, the client mix, uh, and we reinvent our company. And now we are selling the double in Peru as we were selling at the beginning of the year. Um, which is incredible as well. <laughs> uh, in Kaya, in, and by the way, Peru, it's been run 100% from home. So we do not have in one person at, home, at, at, at the site. We are running the complete business from home, 100%. And in Guyana, uh, well, associated with the last question that I got, the infrastructure and the, um, in general terms, the, the country capabilities uh, to react in these particular times are tougher, are more difficult. Uh, but even with those hurdles, <laughs> we were able to run half of our business from home. And in the middle of the whole year, we were facing for six months political instability. Uh, we didn't know who was the president. Uh, and we need to live with that. Um, that's what I want to present the perspective of every country because every country has a completely different stakeholders, difficulties, um, challenges, and size. Uh, but it is amazing. I mean, for me and for the whole team, this year has been seven by 25 by 24 uh, beauty. Uh, and I was expecting that on December was gonna be easier, but uh, no, uh, we continue trying to stabilize, stabilize. <laughs> stabilize our uh, operation um, because it's difficult during these times to, to have a, even a minute to relax. Um, yeah. But has been amazing anyway. Also in Peru, they have three presidents in a week and then like things yeah. keep going, right? <laughs> yeah, and you need so. to explain to your clients because I have to do it in person and in, by a written communication that that is normal in Peru, that don't worry, that uh, that is something that has happened in the past, that the political 
situation is very stable, that uh, don't worry that we are able to run it. And uh, well, at the end, uh, we deliver. Uh, so that's why we keep growing. Uh, but it's not easy. <laughs> it is not easy. Correct. Maria Jose, um, you mentioned the success of Imaginamos on Rappi. Can you tell us more about the role of Imaginamos helping create Rappi? Sure. Well, um, Imaginamos has been focusing on having a entrepreneurial uh, DNA since the beginning. And uh, within Imaginamos, the leaders from that time were focused on finding new business opportunities. So before Rappi, we had co-created or, or helped fund different startups. So Rappi was not the first one. Um, some of them failed, a lot of them failed. Some others uh, are still alive. And um, what Imaginamos did for Rappi was to keep the house standing uh, for this baby to be born. So what, what we do is we put our uh, DNA, our knowledge, our resources, everything to find new business ideas. And uh, then we try to help the startup um, have it a little bit easier while it starts walking, crawling or walking. But we do this uh, for our startups and even for the startups of our clients. Uh, many of the projects, projects we've done don't look as a startup because they're within our client's company, but they behave as a startup. And uh, the key role I think is uh, that we transfer our, our culture and our mindset and all we've learned from being entrepreneurs so we can help these startups or our clients create this baby and take care of it while, while he can defend himself. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's the most important role of Imaginamos. Thank you. You're actually doing a, a great job of like taking it over to not only crawl, but run. <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> Thank you. So we're running out of time. Um, I want to thank the panelists. We definitely touch upon very, very important points on the industry, not only defining, giving examples of how the different, like the, the industry divides in different sectors, the potential, the focus on services in the, in the future, how well contribute to growth, but also job creation. And Maria Jose and, and Andres, your points of the numbers of job, job creators, the potential for young people. In Colombia, it's really a problem, unemployment and young unemployment. So, so this is really like, policymakers are really focusing on this. This is the future. Uh, like you have a great responsibility, great impact, and that's what Colombia needs. 
So it was amazing to hear the examples, how to implement it, how the future will consolidate in this industry, what the government is doing and the different initiatives to combine both private and public sectors for this development. Um, so it's really uh, fascinating for our investors to take a look, to have food for thought for their investment, to not lose the boss and the, the opportunities now, today, uh, not tomorrow. So thanks again <laughs> and thanks everybody for your time. Uh, as a reminder, the next session of this conference is called Technology Leading the Way to a Competitive Workforce. It will be tomorrow, Thursday, December 3rd, from 2 to 3.30 again. So thank you. I'm gonna steal a quote from a moderator of a panel that I heard today. Uh, I hope everybody stay positive, but uh, negative. So stay mm -hmm. safe and, and thanks again for your time. This was very enlightening and, and, and a lot of um, key takeaways for, for Colombia. So thank you. Bye, Maria. Thanks. Thanks for leading this. And Andres, an honor to share it with you. Bye to everyone. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much.